0: This call is being God. recorded.
1: Oh, my better God, than man. better than better than after the show. We talked for like two minutes. That's true.
2: It was it was a little longer than two minutes, but
1: yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Now we got our warm up in. Go ahead and take it ah. away. Start the show. You, <laughs> now you have your stats up, so you don't have to have that pause.
2: Hello and welcome to the Fourth and Short podcast. This is Brian Beverslose, joined by John DeLong. Missing Brad, not a noticeable absence because he tends to fade in the background anyway. But it's just us two tonight, giving you guys the, the rundown on the Jets versus Panthers. John, how you doing?
1: I'm doing. I'm doing well. I miss Brad. Do you? No, I don't. Actually. I mean, no. Actually, yeah. Not. I was going to say I was lying. We hear from trying. him
2: all day, so it's not like it's not like we haven't heard from him, you know, at all. So yeah, nah, we—he's got that—he's got he's always going on and on about that family he's got. So
1: overrated, yeah. overrated podcast number uh, one, family. <laughs> I wouldn't put a number two, but it's, it's it's further down the list.
2: I mean, the podcast is our brand, you know. Like your family is not your brand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, family family doesn't pay the bills. No. I mean, neither does the podcast, but... Hey, it can.
2: You (laughs) you just wait. We're going to blow up, all right? So, New York Jets, Carolina Panthers. So, probably the biggest story going into this game for Panthers fans is going to be the supposed revenge tour of Coney Ealy. Um, He has, like, nine batted passes this year and, like, one and a half sacks and supposedly has been very consistent for them.
1: Are we worried about him, John? One and a uh, did, wait, one and a half sacks. That's all he has.
2: I think so. I can pull out. Um, and check.
1: I'm not particularly afraid of a defensive end whose specialty is batting passes. I don't know, like, man. Uh, those are
2: incomplete passes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and 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 I won't I won't look back at a game and chalk it up to like, man, if we just completed a few more passes, then that would have been it. But those defensive ends just swatting everything we threw at them. Those darn defensive ends getting in the way. He actually has one sack, by the way. One sack. One sack and one and twelve tackles. And one tackle for a loss. Jesus. So but he bats a lot of passes though. Yeah, it's true. I mean, <laughs>
2: that, that's what, them, that's what you draft a defensive end for, right? <laughs>
1: Bat <Batting laughs> passes. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 like um I don't even know what it's like, but yeah, it's it's I don't even
2: know what it's like. It's just <laughs> It's like like having a a, second round and calling him a first round pick in the second round. That's what it's like.
1: It's like that. It's like having Captain Munderland and his best trade is that he sacks the quarterback from the cornerback position.
2: Yep. I was right. Nine pass deflections, by the way. Look at
1: you with your stat memory.
2: Yeah. Um, The guys I'm more worried about are Leonard Williams and Mo Wilkerson because those guys are, you know, good.
1: Legitimately good. Yeah. And they're going to be matching up against...
2: Matt Khalil and Daryl Williams and guards and going after Cam
1: Newton. So. Yeah, but they've, they've been better. Um, it's it's not like the beginning of the year where, I, you know, we'd see a defensive end that was good on the schedule and be like, oh, no, oh, no. Um,
0: <laughs> poor cannon.
1: Now it's just kind of like, hey, watch out for those guys. They could be a problem.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, the, yeah, you're right. Like the pass protection has definitely been markedly better this year. Or at least recently, I should say, Mac Khalil. That seems to be his best, you know, best thing he can do. <laughs> um, you know, Williams has been Williams has been pretty much okay in all aspects. So we also get Greg Olson back, and he's going to be a big part of that. Oh, and possibly Ryan Khalil too. So like
1: for like half aspect- series until his neck gets another kink in his neck, and then hey, and then he's back. He's back. He's back on the sidelines.
2: I know we're very pessimistic on this show, but I don't like being a pessimistic patty about that.
1: Like No. I know I hope he's fine. I I feel like I mean, obviously the coaching staff isn't and the training staff's not infallible, but if it was something they were concerned about being a continuous issue, they wouldn't keep trying to bring him back. They just just throw him on the injured reserve and call it a call it a year.
2: Well we know he's like one of the bigger pass protection calling Mm. centers as well. He's very intelligent. Um, and Larson was good. I mean, like I would say average to good most games. Um, well, that's
1: why I think it's, if it's not as serious as, well, it could potentially not be that serious because it's not like we have just like a, a hole at center that just is allowing defenders to run through unimpeded. And we need to, we need them back just to have a body there. Like yeah. it, the centers there, there aren't as obviously not as good as Khalil, but it's not like an emergency.
2: Yeah. Even Greg Van Roden was good. In his mm-hmm. few spots. It's like the Panthers went from like over the last two years being like, "What are we gonna do about Ryan Khalil when he retires?" So like now we have two guys who are both pretty good at center. So okay. there's another not Dave a... Gettleman thing,
1: but <laughs> glad a, he's gone,
0: a... right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I'm not. I'm indifferent about it. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, oh yeah, and the other, the other like uh, the other thing we need to mention is the. The key player for the Jets, besides to Ely, is Jeremy Cash on the practice squad.
2: Yep, calling he's out gonna be all the plays. A, he's gonna be call, pulling a full Greg Olson there and getting all the plays to the Jets' offense and defense. So I'm so excited. You, It'll be Greg like Olson. 11 Luke Keekleys running around on defense all week. So
1: <laughs> they're all they're all just like yelling out the play call, like not even trying to disguise it. They're just just pointing things out, and saying like, "Hey, this is what they're doing." Yeah, I know that's what I that's what I think too. Okay, guys, and then. Cam calls out one one audible, and then they all just yell, like, in unison, like, it's going to be a run. We just see the first ever 11-man sack on Cam Newton.
2: Every <laughs> yeah, single yeah. defensive player sacks him.
1: The, that's that's the, the old Madden field goal block play.
2: Yep, there you go. It, it does make sense. I mean... Cash's Cash was, you know, a pivotal part of this this defense. I can't even say that straight. I, p- um, pivotal part of the <laughs> I don't even remember when we cut him. I legit thought he was still on injured reserve with us. <laughs> so, that that goes to speak for that. Um yeah. but yeah, the Panthers love collecting themselves those undrafted free agent but like high priority linebackers, so they got like three or four to fill in for him now. Yeah, there
0: we go. So,
1: yeah. The special teamers that yeah that never play and then eventually they get called into duty and they play well and they replace the previous backup.
2: Yeah, the high effort like, guys that are leaders on and off the field with, <laughs> with just 100% motors all game, those we are the guys.
1: We definitely have a type.
2: It's true. <laughs> David Mayo, he's like hey,
1: not an under
2: free agent, but literally that. So
1: Yeah, and then Ben Jacobs and that other new guy's name I can't think of at the moment. That I didn't even know was on the team So he committed a penalty on a punt.
2: Yep. So, let's talk about the Jets' best offensive player this year so far. Josh McCown. This yep. man has thrown 216 completions to 313 attempts for a 69% completion percentage. Nice. With 14 touchdowns and 8 interceptions, which may not sound that great, but it's actually better on paper than Cam Newton.
1: It's also better on paper than you'd expect Josh McCown to do for the Jets. That's true.
2: That's true, especially since his best receiver is Robbie Anderson, who no one knows. Um,
0: Robbie Anderson and uh,
2: Jermaine Curse are his top two receivers, aside from Austin
1: Severian Jenkins. Well, then, yeah, Severian Jenkins is pretty good. Um, Curse was always one of those guys with Seattle. It seemed like that they have all those receivers that are. Not very good at average regular everyday receiver things, but then they'll just pull like a random surf, like circus catch out of nowhere on one of Russell Wilson's patent, yeah, uh, eight yards, eight second scrambles in the backfield. But
2: the good news I thought, is this Sunday, we're not playing Russell Wilson, so that's basically. not
1: quite. Josh McCown sometimes thinks he's Russell Wilson. There's that. I do have,
2: I do have one observation to make here. So we've played 10 games this season, or I should say, mm-hmm. Jets have so far. Yes, we... McCown has been sacked 32 times, which is four sacks away from being his career high in the number of times he's been sacked in a season. That's a lot of sacks,
0: right? Yeah, it's a lot of
2: sacks. Sacks per game.
1: That's, yeah, that's over 50 sacks in a season. That's like uh, top offense. Or if a defense does that, they're near the top of the league. At the top of the league.
2: Yep. And Carolina just so happens to have a pretty
1: good pass rush, so
2: yeah, maybe we can help them to a get into
1: that second right now. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean this, the the Jacksonville Jaguars are on their way to like setting an NFL record for sacks in a season. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, we're tied know. for fourth. I don't we're know if we'll catch, catch them,
2: second,
1: but we were second before yep. this week, and then we got zero this past weekend. Kind of a letdown, but it's okay. Yeah, um... I was
2: disappointed. <laughs> yep, when whenever. It's always hard to get sacks when there's no quarterback on the field to sack. It's you know? it's
1: tough. It can be tough. Yeah, I mean, ask the teams that played us when we had like Chris Quinkey as a quarterback and stuff. But um, oh. we had the Wildcat, was what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, Jacksonville's got a lot of sacks. They're on pace for Jacksonville. Like, sixty-four. Jacksonville. Yep. You can't you can't be bad at rushing the quarterback when you have that kind of nickname potential? True. Anyway, the Jets. And Josh so McCown. this
2: is this is probably, in my opinion, well aside from when they play the Bucs again, um, the most winnable game left on their schedule, because they the Panthers play the Vikings, they play the Falcons again, they're going to play Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers could potentially be back, um, the Saints. So this is one that they really need to walk away with a win from, despite. You know, are are bagging on the Jets like they they really need to win this one because the NFC is proving to be a really tough conference this year.
1: It's not. I don't like it. I don't like
2: how yeah, good I all mean, the
0: rest.
1: <laughs> I don't like being seven and three and still feeling like any loss could like put us on the outside looking in.
2: I didn't like that the Falcons beat the shit out of the, of the Cowboys. I didn't like that the that the Eagles came around and beat the shit out of the Cowboys the next week. I didn't like that the Saints almost lost to the Redskins and still managed to pull out a win. I didn't like a lot of
1: things this past week. I will really say this. One good thing that came out of the Saints coming back against the Redskins is that's one less team that's, like, breathing down our neck. Were I mean, the Redskins too...
2: really breathing down our neck, though? Were I mean, they've
1: five been 5-5, and, five, and they have, they've had the toughest schedule in the league so far by quite a bit. So they're going to probably win quite a few games down the stretch. So they wouldn't be they wouldn't be breathing down our necks, you know, right now, but I feel like they could get there is very easily.
2: That's a fair point. Um the, speaking of really tough schedules by the way, I read something today, and I'm going to pull it up real quick. The Jets have a really a real
1: bastard of a schedule left ahead of them. Um they've so all right. here's what, here's my my thing on the Jets, it's pretty funny. So ESPN had their power rankings and they added a little Little seasoning to it, and put a um. Triumph, toss up, or train wreck, for each team. FYI, in case you didn't read it, Panthers are a triumph. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> the Jets are four and six, and they're ranked twenty second in the power rankings, and they've been they gave them a triumph tag. Like. <laughs> They were thought to be so bad going into the season that four and six is like, just it's like oh this is amazing this is so they're so overachieving, what are they doing?
2: I, I was calling them the couriers earlier in the year because they
1: had already mailed it in, <laughs> but
2: apparently was, not. Yeah, but, well,
1: the Bills did that too. Both of them looked like they were going to be like two and fourteen, and then they just came out winning. So the Jets have on their schedule the
2: Panthers, obviously. The following week they play Kansas City. The week may or may not be good. That, they played the Broncos, which is kind of a toss up at this point. But then they play the Saints. In then Rome. they play the Chargers. And then they play the Patriots. It's like
1: They could very hell. easily lose their last six games.
2: Yeah, like they they could be like a team that could be fighting for five hundred if they weren't thrown such a terrible schedule. So
1: <laughs> I will say this though. Um They've lost four out of their last five after a three-game win streak. And that three-game win streak was home to the Dolphins, home to the Jaguars, and at the Browns. And all of them were close games.
2: So hey, the Panthers have played a lot of close games. So I don't yeah, know.
1: and then that close game luck kind of turned on. And their only win since then was the Bills, um, who are now 0-3 with three blowout losses since they traded for Kelvin Benjamin. Just FYI. <laughs>
2: Kelvin Benjamin, he's just continuing to struggle to get open. Did get you see separated. what happened
1: to his quarterback when with Kelvin Benjamin as his wide receiver? No, he threw five interceptions in the first half.
2: Oh, I did see that. I thought you meant like he got hurt or something.
1: No, was, yeah. I'm just I'm just making a joke and attributing all the Bills' struggles to Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, I I don't know. It <laughs> it seems
2: it's funny because like the Bills have gotten a lot of Panthers players, and we've we've thrown a few players their way, but it seems like the Panthers have gotten the better hand with most of the trades. Like Kalen Clay for Kevon Seymour. Now we have both of those guys on the team. And Kelvin Benjamin hasn't shown any reason why he's, you know, like a wide receiver one with the Bills while Carolina's offense is like really woken up now that they have Devin Funchess being the what the guy playing Kelvin Benjamin's role and putting more speed on the field. So I don't thanks, know, Brandon. Uh, yep, thanks, Brandon, Brandon Bean. Bean. We love you.
1: He's our sleeper agent in the Jets. Um, But so I think the four and six obviously doesn't look great, but I think it's also you know it, it, it's it's been worse lately, and then like they lost to Tampa Bay before their bye week to Ryan and Fitzpatrick.
2: Ryan Fitzpatrick led. Tampa Bay Buccaneers the double revenge Patrick yep exactly the double revenge game and it was it was everything we all expected as <laughs> they I think they threw I think like 40% of the passes thrown in that game were completed
1: yeah, probably classic 15 to 10 score um yeah Ryan Fitzpatrick completed 50% of his passes and won. Josh McCown got sacked six times and lost wow
2: that's incredible considering the Buccaneers defense was like one of the worst at rushing the passer.
1: Yeah, and they were the worst at not letting teams score points and the Jets scored ten. <laughs> incredible. Oh man. But so. No, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I mentioned this before the show, uh before we start recording. Um The Jets are so average at like everything on a yardage basis. It's really funny. Um yards. Per, oh, uh, where did I go? Yards per rush, defense, 16th. Yards per pass, defense, 15th. Defensive yards per play, total, 17th. And I could go on. Everything is within like the 15 to like 18 range. So.
2: That's better than we would have expected.
1: But 19th know. in offensive yards per play. And yeah, I'm not, that's some, I I think you've heard enough numbers. Um, It's better than we expected, but there's nothing for them to point to. That's like, this is where we win. This is how we win games. This is how we get an advantage.
2: Yeah. Theoretically the only way the jets really have a chance of winning this game on Sunday is if Mo Wilkerson and Leonard Williams take over the game and just caused so many issues for Cam Newton. Because I mean like mm. the Bills were the Bills damn near did that. They were they were hitting him like crazy in that game. And yeah. It's like that's obviously a big catalyst to you know neutralizing an offense if you're getting after the quarterback and that's something they have the guys to do. So you know
1: sorry about the dog. She's in another room. I can't stop her.
2: I didn't even hear her so Oh, good. Well, then
1: I'll I'll cut this part. Um. Well, because I see it on my mic, but anyway, um, yeah, that's the only thing that I can. I feel like the the Jets could turn to is if their defensive line wreaks a bunch of havoc, and forces some turnovers, and then Josh McCown hits some uh some prayers to Robbie Anderson. Yep. Because they have Robbie Anderson has kind of proven to be a surprisingly. Consistent deep threat. I mean, I I haven't watched the Jets like extended amounts of. Time. I'd have been
2: surprised if you said you did. So,
1: <laughs> but it just seems like you know anecdotal. Like he's called a touchdown in four straight games, um, and it just seems like every time there's like a break, like every time the Jets kind of show up, either you know like a cut in from another game, or when they played on primetime a couple weeks ago, Robbie Anderson just kind of shows up and makes a big catch down the field, so. Uh, he's McCown has been their best offensive player. And then Anderson, I feel like is the biggest threat to make a big play, you know, in tandem with Josh McCown. I'm not too concerned with their running game.
2: Yeah. It seems like Matt Forte is going to be out. So Bilal Powell is there next. Yeah,
1: guy. He's, he's been underwhelming.
2: Yeah. I mean, and obviously the Panthers linebacking core is going to wreak havoc considering that
1: jets offensive line is really bad. So, Here's it, here's something interesting with Bilal Powell. Um, So he's averaging four and a half yards a carry, which is fine. He only has 19 catches this year. That is interesting because he was more of the pass catching back. Mm-hmm. Than, like yeah, He had 58 catches
2: life. last year. He's so no he's Christian on- McCaffrey, but you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, he had 47 catches in 11 games uh, in 2015 and then 58 catches last year. Through nine games, he has 19. Matt Forte is almost doubling them up so oh, reversal there you go well we we talked about i think uh, cp was talking about how great their offensive coordinator has done to make josh mccown seem like a good player and that uh, made that aff- offense not historically awful
0: that's just yeah, that's I the read one
2: the specific words that i saw from cp is quarterback
1: friendly which is mm-hmm. you know good when josh mccown's your quarterback <laughs> the quarterback friendly is very important it's just interesting that uh that means Bilal Powell is not is gotten kind of phased out of the passing game.
2: Well, I mean, like it's not like Matt Forte is a pushover in the passing game. I mean, oh no, no, in no. he's in, good, his, good, in yeah, his heyday.
1: He was really good as a receiver. Yeah, he's still reliable. It's just Matt Jim, with as as good as Bilal Powell has been in recent years. At that, I would have expected him to be catching all sorts of passes, especially with these last few weeks, how much they've been trailing. Yep, losing games it lends itself to. Uh, teams allowing running backs to rack up catches against them. And that well,
2: one really thing I happening. have to give to Josh McCown over the last few years, no matter how bad he sucks, is he's willing to push the ball down the field.
1: Oh, yeah. He has about- no fear of pushing the ball down the field.
2: Yeah, he's not captain check down like Jimmy Clausen was. He will push the ball down the field, so that could explain it a little bit. Or, or um, like his brother. Oh, that's true. Uh, Luke McCown. Yep.
1: Yeah. Last time we played at McCown, it it was pretty scary. Was that the last? That was the last time we played him, McCown, right?
2: I think so. Yeah.
1: Like we played Josh Johnson. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, well, <laughs> well, that was twenty fifteen, and the last time we played a McCown before that was Josh McCown when he played for the Bucks, and he had that hilarious interception by Roman Harper, where he just like threw the ball up like five feet in the air <laughs> away from him. That was funny as shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Josh McCown trying to trying to finally. Make a mark on the Panthers for his family. <laughs> for his family.
1: For his family. <laughs> for his family. The, McCown, the McCown versus Panthers curse. Luke is going to be watching just like, come on, Josh, you got this one. Take those yep. boys down.
2: Take those Panthers down. Pound them into the ground. Um, I would say the biggest thing to watch for this week is going to be Greg Olson's involvement. Because yeah. the offense is quite a bit different than it was before he got hurt. And I'm curious to see how they use him now. I mean, I like Ed Dixon was successful, more successful mm-hmm. than I would have expected in the role that Greg Olson essentially played. So I would hope that mm-hmm. he's going to slide. I'm pretty sure he's going to slide right back in and be a tight end one like he's supposed to be. But yeah. you never know coming off those foot injuries.
1: I'm Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm also it- – he didn't really do anything in the first game, which was obviously before the offense to kind of started clicking. Yeah. Um. So we haven't, he's, so he's got three catches on the season for 28 yards. So we haven't really seen, like we haven't seen Greg Olson since the end of last season, really. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm excited to, to get him back. It's, it'll be really, it'll be really nice to see him back on the field again. Um. And I don't see any way that this makes the offense worse. Like we talked well, about Kelvin Benjamin being like an addition by subtraction thing or subtraction by addition thing in a way. Um, Greg Olson does everything better than Ed Dixon. And so there's, I can't imagine this does anything but improve the offense even more.
2: Well, one point I want to bring up too is uh, Kelvin Benjamin this year was really when he was with Carolina, really his best plays were like those contested catches were like he was getting a few yards extra just to, get the first down. It wasn't like mm-hmm. he was beating people deep or like getting wide open, and Greg Olson does that better than him.
1: So getting wide open you mean?
2: Yeah. Like yeah, Funches, yeah. like Funches is somebody who seems to get open on his own physical merits at times, where like Kelvin yeah. Benjamin seemed like he was constantly having somebody draped over his back. So Olsen back true. having Olson hey. back as someone who can get open for those kind of plays where you just need him to catch the ball where he's at. He's gonna be great for Cam Newton.
1: I'm just I'm just so excited for the next time we see Greg Olson running through the seam and Cam hitting him in in stride for a touchdown and it and not being Ed Dixon to let it bounce off his hands.
2: <laughs>
1: or not being Ed, Ed Dixon to get hawked out Dixon, by a defensive Ed, back. Ed Dixon has been good in, in Olsen's absence, but I there are some he has had some bad drops in his time here. Yeah. There's a reason why you,
2: he's not a pro bowler so yeah well what
1: you were saying um about the uh like kevin Benjamin always having people draped all over him he is like statistically has averages like the least amount of separation alshon jeffrey's the one lower than him amount of separation when targeted Jesus. so yeah and alshon jeffrey's yeah. a little bit better at you know attacking the football and high pointing it and stuff
2: Well, the thing about it, too, is like Kelvin Benjamin, most of his routes were run out that where he played those kind of routes were out of the slot. Hmm. It's not like Olsen can't do that. You know, like Olsen can pretty much do a lot of the same things Kelvin Benjamin can, minus the fact that he's not 6'5", 260 pounds. But, you know, he can still do a lot of the same stuff. He provides a lot of the same skill set on the field, but he can also get open a lot easier. So, yeah, that's going to be a boost for Cam Newton.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it won't. It's not like we're adding like a Jimmy Graham to the offense where it's like we're sacrificing run blocking for improved pass catching. Like we're not. Right. There's probably an improvement in run blocking with Olsen coming back, even if not for like the physical prowess, which I think he has. But it's just his his intelligence as a as a football player.
2: Yep. Good old Thor. Yep. Gonna have him back on the field.
1: Yep. And we uh saw that intelligence when he was stealing all the plays from the Vikings on Sunday.
2: Yep. Got a whole folder full of Vikings plays. So that's Let's a guarantee. talk about that next, next week. week too. Yep. I can't wait.
1: Uh, we really have to have a Vikings guest on because I want to ask them about that. Uh, that's going to be funny as shit. <laughs> like, are, you con- like, are you upset that you already know you're going to lose this game because Greg Olson knows all your plays? <laughs> are you guys
2: ready to be completely <laughs> dominated by the Panthers defense because they, the defense is going to know everything you're doing. Are you I'm ready mentally, for
1: that? I'm mentally prepared for the Panthers, just mirroring every Vikings movement because they know everything that's coming. Cause Greg Olson watched your game.
2: I'm just waiting for that. Like one interception by Luke Keekley where it's like, he makes, you know, a Luke Keekley play. Uh-huh. And the next day they're like, Luke Keekley knew that was coming because of Greg Olson. That's what I'm waiting for.
1: <laughs> did you, did you hear Greg Olson speaking of that, uh, doing his thing? Like, did you hear him doing the any play by play? No, I didn't. He's pretty good at it. I can see that. He's a well spoken guy. He's no Tony Romo. Oh man, Tony Romo. By that awesome. I mean he's not super annoying and yelling over Jim Nance at all times.
2: No, Tony Romo is classic. I hate, so, I hate
1: listening to Tony Romo. I'm so I'm in the minority. He's right I up know. there with
2: John Gruden for me. So Yeah.
1: Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Great thing. See, I like John Gruden. It's just like Greg Olson is like all of the knowledge of Tony Romo without the like shouting and yelling and bad jokes and forgetting that he has another person in the booth that's trying to speak.
2: I don't know. John Gruden makes a lot of bad jokes.
1: He does. You're you're, you're does.
2: overselling him a little bit here.
1: Oh, I'm talking about <laughs> that's Greg Olson. Greg Olson doesn't didn't didn't make any bad jokes that I heard.
2: That's good. It's always good when your tight end isn't, you know, embarrassing your team. We,
1: we, so. we don't want any cringeworthy joke makers here. <laughs> Only funny guys. Yep. plenty or of guys them. that don't try to be funny.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: well, I think we've pretty much exhausted the... Yeah, there's not the a whole Jets. lot of... We can't go into too much depth because we're not Jets fans. We haven't watched the Jets because why would we watch the Jets? Yeah. Josh McCann's their quarterback. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. So,
2: I guess I'll end it here with... Uh, hope you all have a great thanksgiving um we will be back next week after the jets game and continue our two podcasts a week pace as long as brad decides he wants to come on and talk to us so but yeah from all of us here at the oh actually you know what i will bring up one thing apparently t-shirts may be on the way for the fourth and short podcast so really yeah that was a topic that was in the slack chat that you're in
1: earlier. Um, but yeah, was there will it between, be t- was it between us and Brad, or was it between, between me,
2: you, yeah. and Brad? Yeah, um, I missed that it's okay. But we, yeah, we may have t-shirts here on the way. Um, so if you support us and don't want to starve, maybe you know buy a t-shirt or two. But
1: buy a t-shirt, like give it to your dog to use as a bed or something. Yeah, or wear use it. Use as
2: a bed. Use it as an umbrella.
1: Use it as like. <laughs> dry like rag
2: when you go to the gym and you need to wipe your sweat off i don't know
1: i mean yeah, yeah to the to, uh, you know your car down after you wash it um that's always a good idea too yeah, yeah. Uh, there's all sorts of uses it's a versatile product
2: yep so buy our t-shirts listen to us more enjoy your Thanksgiving. tell, you, tell other people
1: to listen to us too
2: yeah do that force them to <laughs> just just like just bring them in a room make them listen but
1: but 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 not only that like make them listen on a different device than you listen to it on
2: that's true that's true that helps us um (laughs) but anyway thank you for tuning in have a good thanksgiving everybody this is me and john and not brad wishing you all a great holiday and we'll talk to you later
1: happy thanksgiving to not everybody but brad there you
2: go later
0: Of gray We ran from home to see good days where our bodies would never grow. Dreamer shall be cautious of this world. She has an appetite for boys and girls, and she's hungry.